This is part two of how to make a career change. And it all starts right now. Keeping yourself motivated takes work. If you don't work out your body, you get fat. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast, your source for inspiration and motivation to achieve your goals, empowering you one word at a time. Umar Jang is an author and a blogger, and he will get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is Motivational Voice Podcast, and this is Umar Jang. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number seven. It is good to have you back. And if you are new to the podcast, if this is your first time listening, I just want to say thank you and welcome. I appreciate you being here. You being here tells me that you are a true motivation seeker. Today's session is part two, as I mentioned, of how to make a career change. If you have not listened to part one of this episode, you may want to go back and check out episode number six of this podcast. In that episode, we talked about some key steps you need to take to make a successful career change. Some of those steps included setting your career goals, assessing your current situation, finding out the necessary qualifications assessing your skills and finally doing a skills gap analysis. I won't go back into that episode, uh, but in episode six, if you go back to it, we talk about that and much, much more in, in, in a lot more detail. So if you want all the juicy details, go back and listen to episode six. You can listen through iTunes, my personal blog, which has a podcast player to make things easier for you, or You can just go to whatever tool you use to listen to podcasts normally. Last time I left off talking about doing a skills gap analysis to better understand if there are qualifications required by the new career path that you either don't have or need to bring your skills up to par before you start applying for jobs. Okay, now that we're all caught up, let's continue where we left off last time. The very next step after you've done a skills gap analysis is to ramp up your skills. Now, how do you do that? Well, there is a number of tactics that you can use and they range from easy and simple to a little more challenging and requiring time commitment and in some cases, a financial investment. So what am I talking about? The very first strategy for understanding the skills you need is to interview people who have the job that you want. Find someone and they don't have to necessarily know you and ask them if they would be willing to let you pick their brains over lunch. If you know the person, great. It's relatively easy to get them to agree to have lunch with you if you know them. Especially if you tell them that you are interested in doing what they do, this is an opportunity for them to talk about themselves and have someone actually listen to them and mean it. In most cases, people talk about their jobs at at a party or during conversations, and they can tell that people are not really asking them to talk about their jobs because they find it interesting, but rather they're, they're just trying to be polite. But in this case, you're actually asking them about their jobs because you have an interest, a very vested interest in knowing what they do. 
if you don't know the person, you can still approach them and ask them to meet for lunch or even a phone call or a Skype call. Now, I know what you're thinking. If people don't know you, they don't want to talk to you. Not necessarily. When I made my career change from HR to IT, I interviewed about a dozen people. Every single person I asked agreed to meet with me. Why? Part of the people I met I already knew, but a good portion of those that I met I didn't actually know until I approached them to meet with me for an informational interview. The reason why this works is that, number one, not many people do this. Think about it. When was the last time someone asked to interview you about what you do because they wanted to have the same career path? I'm guessing for most of you, the answer would be no. It doesn't mean that your job isn't interesting. On the contrary, any man or woman who has the courage to do a job, any job, has merit and value in my eyes because you're doing what you feel you have to do to take care of yourself and your family. And I have great respect for those who do that. My point is, it happens rarely, if at all, that people will be willing to tell you almost anything just because you asked. So find someone whose job you would like to have and offer to buy them lunch. And be upfront and honest about what you're doing. Tell them that you're interested in switching career paths and would like to ask them some questions about the work that they do. When they agree to meet with you, set up time to meet over lunch or dinner whatever time works best, and send them a list of questions in advance so they can think about their answers. When you send them a list of questions, it gives them time to think, which means that they can give you very well thought out answers when you meet with them over lunch. Now, what questions do you ask when you meet with them? I'm going to give you a few questions that you can ask and don't worry about writing these questions down, especially if you are driving or you are at the gym. I will make sure I link to to my uh, podcast uh, show notes page with a link to the download for the questions, the informational questions. And you can download those questions at uh, umarjang.com forward slash session seven. Okay, here are some of the questions you can ask. Question number one, how long have you been doing this job? Question number two, what do you like about this job? Question number three, what does a normal day look like for you? Question number four, do you take work home with you? And this is an important question because if you don't want to do a job where you are always taking work home, it's a sign, a job like that would be a sign of, of a stressful job. So you want to make sure you ask those types of questions. And finally, question number five, what education or skills did you have to get to be eligible for this position? And like I said, there are more questions, about 11 questions total that you can ask to a person during an informational interview. But I will link to those in the show notes where you can download them. Make sure you reassure the person that this is just for your own personal career development and that you will not share their answers with anyone. And keep your word. If you tell someone that you're not going to share their information, don't share it. People may tell you things that you did not expect to hear. So make sure you keep it to yourself. Don't damage the relationship you just created by telling others about what you heard. And of course, say thank you. 
say thank you immediately after meeting with them and later send them an email with a few lines that say something like thank you for taking the time to meet with me today and answer my questions i really appreciate it thank you very much and that's all it takes people would appreciate it when i did this with the people that i interviewed they really appreciated it and very often we continued to connect and stayed in touch years and years after i left the company the information you learn from these one-on-one informational interviews will give you enough detail and enough knowledge to let you know if this is the right career for you to pursue beyond doing informational interviews you can also do on the job trainings now i understand that this is not going to be an option for everyone for a couple of reasons Number one, there has to be at least one other department where you can move to for this to be feasible. Number two, if you are looking to change careers, there's a good chance that you want to get away from the company. You want to go to a completely different company where you won't have to see the same people that you've worked with for a long time. And that is completely understandable. However, if you are able to train on the job, it is a very creative and easy way to learn a job in another career field. On the job training, as the name states, is when you learn to do the responsibilities of a position by being immersed into the day-to-day activities required for that position. You basically learn by doing the job. You generally work with someone who is very experienced in the field who can show you the ropes on a daily basis until you have the basics of the job down. This works well for some jobs, but not for all jobs. It would not be possible, for instance, for you to do on-the-job training if it's a highly specialized job, primarily because those jobs would require specific training and education, and in some cases, you may be required to legally have some type of residency you wouldn't walk into the cockpit of a 747 commercial jet one day and say, let's take this baby out for a spin. That would be an interesting experience, to say the least. But in all seriousness, on-the-job training, if you can do it, is definitely something I would recommend you consider doing because it gets your feet wet and introduces you to the actual work environment of the new career path you've chosen And that alone is very valuable. Now, I do want to bring up job sharing as another possible alternative to on-the-job training. Job sharing is when you get to spend a percentage of your time at another job within the same company. This is generally a common occurrence within public sector jobs within a state or the federal government. But it is not uncommon to the private sector. I have seen it both in the public and private sector and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a common thing that people do to get to learn a job. It is another option for you to consider when making your transition into a new career path and it can be also advantageous. The challenge, of course, is to find another person within your company that is willing to do a job share with you. Because the job share involves two people doing the same job, where your combined FTE, uh, FTE just stands for full-time employment. It is just a human resource jargon for counting employees. 
you may hear your human resource person say, we need two FTEs to get the work done. It just means that you need two people working full-time to get the job done. Anyway, you need to find another person who is willing to work 20 hours and allow you to work the other 20 hours. This is assuming that a full-time employee works 40 hours per week. If you live in another country, this may be more or less. But if this is something that you would be interested in doing, I would suggest working with your management and your human resources office to help you do just that. You absolutely want to involve your HR because they have a good insight into which employees may be good candidates for a job share. If there is an employee who's looking to cut their hours back because they want to retire, work less hours or whatever the reason may be, HR will be the first to know. So involving HR and involving your manager is also a smart move because technically your manager is supposed to help you achieve your personal development goals and your manager can make a push to help make that happen. Another way of getting the skills needed for your new career path is to go back to school and get the education to enhance your skills. When it comes to education, you have a couple of options as well. You can pursue a training program that can give you the skills you need. When it comes to education, the first option I would mention is vocational training. You can pursue a training program or vocational training program that can give you the skills you need to do the job. The advantage of choosing a vocational training program is that you don't have to spend a lot of time and money compared to, let's say, a four-year institution. And on top of that, you will end up with a certification at the end of the vocational program. Combined with a four-year degree, a certification can make it easier for you to break into a new career path. Vocational training can be very structured and last up to a couple years, or uh, it can be as straightforward as doing a set of self-study courses at the end of which you can take an exam to get certified for a specific skill set. This is a good option for career paths that have a shortage of talent because they're always looking to hire new talent. They won't be as picky in terms of the education that you have. And the other option is that you can always go back to school and get a degree, whether it be an undergrad degree or a graduate degree. Personally, I would not recommend spending four years to get another degree if you already have one. If you have a four-year degree, I would recommend taking some type of vocational training to fill any skills gap that may exist rather than going for the full-fledged four-year degree. As for a graduate degree, unless it is required by your new career, I would not consider it for a couple of reasons. It's time-consuming and it could end up costing you a lot of money. If you already have a bunch of student loans that you're paying off from a previous degree, it is really not the best way to go because you don't want to take on any additional debt just because you want to switch careers. The only time I would recommend going to grad school is if it is required for your new career path and would provide a good return on your investment. In other words, if getting a master's degree would drastically increase your potential salary or your marketability, then it makes sense to do it. But in many positions, you could earn just as much with a bachelor's degree and the right certification program. 
ultimately you need to make a decision based on your own circumstances because each of us has a different set of circumstances. Some of us are just starting out our careers, others have families, others are near retirement. So you have to consider your situation when making these decisions. Obviously, if you are in your 20s and 30s, it is a lot easier to go back to school and get a degree than if you are in your 50s. So you have to balance the costs against the potential benefits. Whatever you decide, make this part of your career development plan at your current job. Many companies nowadays offer some type of tuition reimbursement program for their employees. That's right. Your company may pay for you to go to school while you are still employed with them, which is amazing if you think about it. Many companies don't offer tuition reimbursement benefits. I was amazed when I worked in companies where they offered all these benefits, including tuition reimbursement program, and many employees don't take advantage of it. So take advantage of tuition reimbursement benefits to improve your skills and your education. All right, so far we talked about things that you can do to get the skills you need for your new career. We talked about doing interviews, on-the-job training, or job sharing, and of course, using education or going back to get additional education to get the skills you need. Now, here comes the fun part, which is actually searching for the job. How do you make sure you find the right job for you? What are some of the strategies that you can use to make it happen? The most obvious way to search for a job is to go online. I mean, that just makes complete sense. Computers are everywhere. You can use your smartphone, you can use your laptop, your desktop. It just makes sense to make your first stop the internet going online. But it helps to understand your options when it comes to searching for jobs online. You have job boards like monster.com. Then you have social media sites like LinkedIn and and Meetup, Twitter, and uh, Facebook even. But you also have job search engines like indeed.com and linkup.com. There is an advantage to using each of these job sites. Job search engines like indeed.com scour the web and combine all the results from other websites and display them to you. They basically go out and gather any job posting information from other sites. And what that does is that it makes it easier for you so you don't have to go and look at 10 websites or more to bring you jobs that match your search criteria. Sites like monster.com may be better suited for wider geographical areas and have been around for a long time and are trusted. If you're looking for a job not only within the US but outside of the United States, sites like monster.com will have jobs from other regions of the world other than the United States that you can search through. But of course, the internet is not the only option you have for finding a job. You can use professional services like a headhunter or an employment agency to speed up the process. Agencies find work for others for a living and will generally have a list of clients looking to fill open positions and they may be able to place you very quickly, especially if you are open to taking contract to hire or temp to hire positions. But if all fails, you can always start working as a consultant. 
Consulting is also a great strategy for getting your foot in the door. The large majority of companies use consultants for short-term contracts. That is an opportunity to get into an otherwise hard-to-access company. When you do get into those companies, you can learn the systems, the processes, and the applications that are used at that particular company, and you can be perceived as a subject matter expert in, in those particular processes and, and applications. The company may be willing to keep you to avoid losing all that knowledge and having to start from scratch with another employee. So that would be a good selling point and a good way for you to get your foot into the door. It is important to be conscientious of the market conditions, of course. If you are finding it difficult to break into a career field you want, you may have to settle for something less than ideal or even take a demotion, meaning that you may have to take a lesser paying job to get into the career field you want. If that were to happen, you would have to think really hard and weigh the importance of having a new career compared to how much of a reduction in your disposable income you can really handle financially. Obviously, you want to be able to not only pay your bills, all of your bills, but also have some money to put aside for emergencies. Of course, that is the ideal situation, but I am well aware that many people struggle to pay large expenses because so many people live paycheck to paycheck. The other day I was reading an article from uh, the Atlantic magazine, uh, I believe it was the May 2016 issue, where the article talked about how nearly half of Americans would struggle to find $400 to pay for an emergency. To me, this just confirms what we already know, which is that times are hard and people really try to do their best and find the best jobs for themselves. So before you change careers and take a demotion as a way to get into an industry, make sure it won't financially put you in a tough spot. And finally, you can consider good old-fashioned networking. Networking is still alive. Despite the fact that people can connect online, you almost don't need to leave your house. But networking physically, going into a room and talking to people, is actually very much alive. That is why companies still do job fairs to bring people physically into a common location. Networking is still an important aspect of finding employment. In the old days, you had to attend a local meeting physically. But, you know, again, that's still true today. The Internet makes it possible to bring people together online using sites like meetup.com, but they also meet physically at locations once a week or depending on the type of group that you join. You can look on sites like Meetup to find groups of people that are networking to find jobs. So that would be another option that I would suggest that you think about. All right, so that was our last point for this uh, particular topic. I know that's a lot of information I just threw at you, but take a moment and just digest the information. So certainly feel free to pause, rewind, and go back and listen to parts of the podcast. In the meantime, we are going to jump into our quote of the day. Today's quote comes from Mary Ann Evans. 
better known under the pen name George Eliot, and it goes like this. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Here is my interpretation of the quote. We make decisions in life based on what we felt were the right choices to make at the time we made the decision. But it doesn't mean we are stuck with that decision for the rest of our lives. You have the willpower. You have the right to change your mind when your circumstances change and as often as your circumstances change. Does that make sense? You have the right to change your mind when your circumstances change and as often as your circumstances change. It is never too late to rethink your situation and make a new choice to be what you were truly meant to be in life. No one has a crystal ball that tells them what the right decisions are. We do it on faith. We do it based on what we believe is our calling in life. When we make a decision, we cannot anticipate what the consequences of that decision are. We just do our best and make a decision based on goodwill, educated guesses, and a little bit of faith. We do our best and make choices and tweak them over time to get to that place where we want to be and make the right decision. And because this process is not perfect, we ought to be able to change things and try and try until we get it right. And yes, you can choose to pick a different career. The question is, do you believe you can make the decision to be what you might have been? And I say to you, I believe you can, so should you. Leave a comment at umarjang.com forward slash session 7. Let me know what you think of this quote and, of course, my interpretation of it. When considering a career change, I hope that you realize now that you have to be very proactive to make it happen. As with anything in life, you have to believe in yourself. You are the best advocate of yourself. If you believe in your abilities and your own self, others will believe it too. Only you represent what you are truly about. No one else can speak for you. They can try. They can try on your behalf, but truly, for people to believe who you really are, you have to be able to speak for yourself and speak and be able to step up and do the things that you were meant to do in life. Agencies can help you get an interview, but they won't do the interview for you. When you have a chance to do a job interview, show your enthusiasm, show that you have passion for the job, show that you care, show that you really want to be there doing the interview. A career change is possible. It absolutely is. No doubt about it. I've done it. The fact that you have listened to this podcast up to this point tells me that you have the motivation to do this. Your gut feeling is telling you, you can. Now, you just have to trust your instincts and take the second step. That's right. I said the second step because you've already taken the first step by listening to this podcast. I have homework for you. I want you to take 20 seconds and write down what you think your second step is. Is it writing down a list of jobs you might be interested in? Or 
is it asking your HR office if your company has a tuition reimbursement to offer? Whatever your second step is, don't let this half hour go to waste. Take action today. Don't forget to download the questionnaire that you can use for informational interviews to find out if your chosen career path is right for you based on the answers given by those who are actually living and breathing the job. And do me a favor, go on iTunes and give us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. Without any ratings, this show is buried deep under the bowels of thousands and thousands of other shows. So give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This will help others like you discover the show and learn how to improve their lives and find the motivation they need. If this episode helped you in any way, all I ask is that you pay it forward by leaving a rating on iTunes. Thank you for doing that. By the way, I am offering a free 30-minute coaching call where I will personally call you and help you with your career goals and just listen and answer any questions you may have about what your next steps are in life, your career, your personal development, whatever it may be, and I'll be at your disposal. Go to umarjang.com forward slash life coach and leave your name and email so I can reach out to you. That is it for today, Motivation Seekers. Thank you for listening and please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com. 